But what ended up happening was I ended up over at the Cisco booth because they were like at the front of the conference. I didn't know that much about Cisco, honestly, but it was a big booth and I was trying to talk to as many people as I could. That's Olivia Wolf, systems engineer for Cisco. On this episode of the Cisco Learning Network podcast, we'll hear Olivia's story of how she dreamed of leaving her hometown and journeying out on her own in the technology field. We'll hear about what sparked her passion in engineering, the challenges she faced along the way, and how she used Cisco certifications to supplement her knowledge in order to keep up with some of her more experienced colleagues once she broke into the industry out of college. But first, Olivia talks about growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and how very uncommon it was for someone in her family to leave home. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my whole family still lives there. I have a huge family. My mom has seven siblings, and my dad has four. So I have like 20 or 30 cousins, so life was all about family when I was a kid. And it was really fun growing up. We actually all live in the same neighborhood. At least my mom, seven siblings, live in the same neighborhood. So we would just be walking to each other's houses, hanging out all the time, having family parties all the time. And it was so fun growing up, honestly. And I was the youngest of three children. I have two older brothers. One of them studied engineering. The oldest brother studied engineering. And I thought that was so cool. So I was like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I think an engineer would be pretty cool because I want to be like my older brother. He actually studied environmental engineering and I ended up in computer engineering. I thought computers were cool, so I decided to go that route. So that's what I studied in university. But it took me a while to find that path. Honestly, it was slow going. In high school, I didn't have a lot of passion, passions or drive especially around technology. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I took a lot of social studies classes, actually, because I thought that was really interesting. But then I took a calculus class, AP Calculus in high school, and thought that was so interesting, how math can estimate the real world. I was like, okay, how do I get a job where I can actually use this? Ah, engineering school. Plus my brother did it, and I was like, this is where it's at. I have now developed a lot of passion, so it's nice to have a career that can support that and have allow me the flexibility to pursue those. You know, I have that huge family and they all stayed in Ohio and they had, you know, amazing successful careers and amazing families and great opportunities in Ohio, but I always had this drive, I don't know, it was like innate that I wanted to do something different, try something new. And I wasn't afraid to be one of the first in my family to do that. And still to this day, I'm one of three cousins out of 20 that have left Ohio. Everybody else is still there. And it's an awesome place. Like I go back to Cincinnati and I have so much fun. I see why they all stayed because it's a great city, but I love the mountains and I finally found my way to them. It definitely was hard choosing to be away from my family. And it still is hard. That's the hardest part about leaving is not being close to my family. But my parents, I think they always knew that I had this drive to do something different and they've always supported me. I probably went through a lot of different things I wanted to be when I grew up. I think at the very youngest, I wanted to be a crime scene investigator because I love watching CSI Miami. (laughs) So that's kind of science and STEM related. In between that, honestly, I think I didn't know 
or didn't care that much, honestly. It took me a while to find my, my passion and drive. It definitely was that time in calculus. It took me some time to find what really got me excited. And math was one of those things. I think growing up, I was always good at math. It clicked in my head and then calculus was no different. When I just started to recognize how applicable calculus was to life, you know, not that I do calculus in my day-to-day -day now, just in like how the equations are so related to what happens in the real world. They're actually estimating distances or looking like math, the equations are waves. Like it's just so cool and I still think it's super fascinating. You know, I really wanted to find a way to apply that to a career and that's when engineering just kind of stuck out to me. I didn't want to go into like a math degree because I didn't feel like that was very realistic. I didn't want to do research. I wanted to do something applied. I applied to a lot of other schools, got into a couple, but honestly didn't get into a lot of the ones I applied to. And my final decision was between Ohio State and University of Colorado Boulder. And honestly, I chose Ohio State because it was a lot more affordable for like a similar ranked engineering program and I didn't want to be in a ton of debt graduating college <laughs> so I went to Ohio State. It just seemed like the right choice and I absolutely think it was looking back like I found so many of my passions and hobbies and drive at Ohio State like I had to work really hard to be successful there and I think that was really fostered and developed. After a lengthy and rigorous application process to the Ohio State University's College of Engineering, Olivia was accepted and began her college career with an undeclared engineering major. So I really didn't know at that point what type of engineer I really wanted to be. But in that first year, as an undecided or undeclared engineer, they have you take a kind of introductory class where you do a week on every different type of engineering they have at Ohio State. And I really, really enjoyed the computer science element, and I enjoyed the electrical engineering element, touching the hardware, doing soldering, and all of that. And I also thought industrial engineering was pretty cool, the logistics side of engineering. So those were the three different engineering majors I applied to. And then in the second half of that year, we did a robot project. I ended up being the kind of electrical engineer person on the project because there were already some computer science people, there was a mechanical engineer, so I got to do the electrical work and I thought it was awesome. Honestly, I thought that was super cool. I was like, I wanna be an electrical and computer engineer. So I actually studied computer engineering, not computer science. But when I was in computer engineering school, I realized I really liked software too. And while there was a few required classes in computer engineering, the degree, I took a lot of my elective classes in software development because I felt like that would be really beneficial to get that experience. We had to go have it go through this little course and when it finally made it to the course, I have this video of it. All right, we're gonna start in three, two, one. And we're all like cheering so happy because it was hard to make it do all of these little tasks that it had to do. There it is. Please work. No. Yes! Yeah, nice. Olivia's participation in the robot project really helped guide her to what kind of engineer she wanted to be. So the robot project was actually a part of that first year engineering program. 
The first semester we did a week on each of the different types of engineering, and then the second half is when we got to do the robot project. So we got split up into groups of four. It was me and three guys, so as usual. That was the, the goal of the whole semester. We were graded on if we had successful project. That wasn't necessarily like our robot completed the course. It was, did we learn? Did we work together? Did we meet the deadlines laid out for us? At the end of the project, we did get to have a competition where like two robots would go head to head, not like fighting each other, but like trying to complete this course and whichever one did it faster or more successfully, like got to move on to the next round. Ours didn't end up doing that good in the final competition but I think we got through the first round and I got a good grade. While college was a lot of fun at Ohio State, it definitely did not come without its challenges. I had to work really hard to complete my assignments and projects and then take a test on all of it while taking four other classes where I also have a test. Like that was insane amount of workload. I had to work a lot harder than I ever had in my whole life to be successful there. I was definitely one of a few women in my program. I would sit in my classes and look out around me and count the number of women. And I generally saw about one woman to every five male classmates. So about 20% of us were women. And in all my projects, I was the only girl. Some classes were even less than 20%. A few were more. The computer science classes actually were more equal in male and female students, but my electrical engineering classes, not very diverse in terms of gender at all. So I was really proud to be a woman in that major, and it almost pushed me to work harder and be more successful in these classes because I wanted to prove that women deserve to be there too and that we can do just as good of a job or better than the men in the programs. While it was kind of sad, it was almost a motivating factor. I can only hope that that continues to increase and grow as the younger generation sees the success of my generation and the ones above me, because I definitely look up to the successful women that have come before me as well. I definitely saw people overload themselves with work and have to drop classes, take a step back, and focus on the things that were really important. So I didn't see a lot of people totally drop out of the major, but I was actually really proud of them when they could recognize that they're gonna be a lot more successful in a few classes versus six classes all at the same time. And I would always encourage people to do that. I'm like, yeah, just drop the class, you can take it again. I think maybe I didn't have to do that because I didn't try and overload myself in the first place. I, I gave myself patience and the space to be successful by not taking too many classes at once. Olivia found herself excelling at Ohio State, even though the coursework was so rigorous. This eventually cultivated her confidence in her senior year that she could achieve a scholarship to attend the Grace Hopper Celebration of Women in Computing, which is a series of conferences designed to bring the research and career interests of women in computing to the forefront. It's the world's largest gathering of women in computing. I was in my senior year of school at Ohio State and I really wanted to get a job before I graduated. And I'm glad I did because COVID came and it would have been a lot harder to find a job following that. 
It was my first semester of senior year, and I was in an organization called the Association of Computing Machinery Women's Chapter, ACMW. And it was a club where they would bring in industry speakers and do workshops and all kinds of fun stuff, but they also sponsored women to go to the Grace Hopper Conference and Career Fair for Women in Computing. And I kind of always had my eyes set on getting into that program where they sponsored you to go there. So I had to write an essay and got accepted to go with the group there and they got like an Airbnb for us and a group of us all, you know, got to hang out together. And while it is also a conference and you can go listen to speakers and learn and network, I wanted to find a job. So I spent the entire four days in the career fair in this huge career fair hall walking around to booths, talking to people, mostly trying to find a software development job. But I was also telling people, yeah, I really like working with people, and I'd love to find a role where I can use both of those skills, because not that many engineers like to work with people, so you gotta capitalize on that, in my opinion. And I was talking with a company and telling them about this, and they were like, have you heard of sales engineering before? Because I think you'd be a perfect fit. I said, no, what is that? And they told me about it, about how you can build relationships and help your customers reach their business goals through technology that you sell. You're a salesperson, but you're also really focused on relationships and helping your customers meet their goals. And I was like, that? That sounds really awesome, where do I sign up? <laughs> so I think I applied to that position at that company, but what ended up happening was I ended up over at the Cisco booth because they were like at the front of the conference. I didn't know that much about Cisco, honestly, but it was a big booth and I was trying to talk to as many people as I could. And I was actually waiting in line to talk to a software developer. There was just a bunch of lines all over the booth. I didn't know exactly what I was in, but I think it was to talk to a software developer. For some reason, the woman left and the whole line got disbanded. She went to lunch or something. And I said, well, I don't want to get another one of these long lines. I saw another line across the whole booth. I walked over and got in it. There was only two people in it. And it happened to be for the CSAP program, which is for training sales engineers at Cisco. And I said, this is just a crazy coincidence because I just learned what this was. I think it'd be an awesome fit told the woman about myself and she thought I'd be a good fit too and I actually ended up getting a interview out of that experience. I didn't know that for sure but shortly after I talked to her I applied and then started the interview process from there. Eventually that woman ended up being a manager in the CSAT program while I was there and she remembered me she said I put in a good word for you so I think it helped. <laughs> Olivia graduated in 2020 after overcoming many challenges throughout her school career and completed her coursework faster than the normal time a student would take. I graduated in 2020 during COVID. So it was spring break of my senior year and they told us don't come back to school. So I had to finish out my degree at my parents' house. Coming out of college, I was mostly looking for software development jobs. I had the most fun in those classes in college and felt like that's where my passion lied. But I was also starting to recognize this passion for communication and just working with people. Because I, in college, joined the ski and snowboard team and took a leadership position in that organization. And that's really where I found a lot of my love and passion for nature and the mountains and all of that and, and working with people. So I was like, okay, how can I combine my love for technology but also working with people? So I was like, oh, maybe project management or something like that. I had no idea that sales engineering was a thing at all. With an idea of what she wanted to do for her career, Olivia turned her attention to the CSAP or CSAP program. CSAP stands for Cisco Sales Associate Program, and it's for recent grads to train us about Cisco technologies, 
and prepare us for going out in the field and working with customers. And there's a group of engineers and there's a group of account managers or the business side of the sales organization. And as a part of the engineering side of things, we have to take a bunch of certifications. And that's just part of the requirement for passing the program. So that's how I found out about them and was motivated to take them because I needed to. But honestly, like, I'm super glad I did because it's been really beneficial and important for me and my development as a SE or sales engineer, systems engineer at Cisco, they call them. Because since I came right out of college into the program and then out into the field, I don't have that customer experience that a lot of my teammates do. They've worked as network engineers and can really relate to our customers because they've done it. So in the program, they want us to get certifications so we can have that baseline knowledge knowledge to help level set with our customers understand the experience that they're going through so we can help them solve their problems with our technologies. So as a part of the program, we have to take our CCNA, CCNP and enterprise networking, and the DevNet associate as well. And then they'll allow us to take another certification as a stretch project. Those are all included in the program. We don't have to pay for them. So that was really great. I am definitely thankful that I got those. And now I know that if I ever were to leave Cisco or like go live in a mountain town, because maybe I want to do that, I could work in IT and that'd be really awesome. <laughs> but being in the CSAP program was no easy task, and Olivia wasn't exactly prepared for the specific kinds of technology she needed training for. I would say my degree at Ohio State did not prepare me at all for IT. Computer engineering and electrical engineering are, you know, kind of related to IT in terms of the hardware that is used, but like the software is not the same at all. So it was all new to me coming to Cisco. So it definitely included a lot of challenges studying for these certifications because I was starting from ground zero. Some of my peers had studied IT related degrees and had a little bit of a leg up there, but we all really worked together in the program. There's about 18 engineers. We worked together to study for the certifications and I would say the biggest challenge for me was like actually getting hands-on and doing the work in a lab. Like I was listening to one of the other podcasts and this woman is like, labbing is so important, that was my favorite part, and that's what I recommend to people to do. The episode that Olivia is referring to is an interview we had with Micheline Murphy a little while back on the show. Micheline talked about how she changed careers from law to IT, and in that episode she also mentioned how she fell in love with labbing. For me, it wasn't just reading the books that really set my soul on fire. What really just made me really excited about IT was having the opportunity to see how it behaves in the lab, getting into the virtual lab environment or getting into a real lab environment and configuring it up for myself. I was like, yeah, I probably should have done some more of that. Honestly, I'm really good at taking tests and learning and memorizing, but Sometimes it's hard for me to get motivated to actually get hands-on, and so that was probably the biggest challenge. I definitely still did it and pushed myself to do it, but I didn't always have fun doing it. It was hard and challenging for me to wrap my head around it because in school I learned Java and Python and was not on the command line that much, so IT and networking is a lot on the command line. You know, we're trying to change that at Cisco and go more towards dashboards and GUIs and things like that, but it really, in its essence, is getting your hands on the keyboard and doing it. I mean, that was hard for me. In order to make it through the program, Olivia relied on the other candidates for support and vice versa. This led to her group bonding and forming a kind of family that helped each other as they earned Cisco certifications in record time. 
I think one of my favorite things about the CSAP program is the cohort of people that I got to do it with. You know, we spent a week learning about all the different technologies Cisco covers in addition to getting certifications. So we were in classes as well as taking certs. So they give us a week or two off to study for the certs, but like we had to be doing both at the same time so we would really work together to be successful in all those areas. We also had to do role plays where we'd practice and act like we were talking to a customer and get assessed by our managers while we were doing it. And those were honestly extremely valuable to my experience now in the field. Just having the confidence to talk about technology was like priceless, honestly. But now my cohort of peers have gone out all over the company and are amazing resources. You know, we have a group chat where we're all SEs out in the field asking each other questions, working together to like give each other a link or solve this problem or whatever it is. We had to, going through classes for eight hours a day together, you know, while we weren't in person, we had to figure out how to connect remotely. And that's something that is a special skill that people are like coming up in their careers during COVID have, is the ability to connect with people virtually. I think of people that are a little bit more established in their careers and did most of it in person have a harder time connecting, but we're like experts because we had to. We were like having happy hours and... <laughs> playing games, doing game nights all over WebEx, and it's a really, really awesome community. And when you're in the program, and honestly, this isn't just the culture at Cisco in general, that you can reach out to pretty much anybody, any leader, any specialist, whoever, and say, hey, I'm curious about what you do, can we talk? And just get on their calendar and have a conversation with them and grow your network that way. Everybody is so kind and welcoming and understanding and want to see each other succeed, especially the women leaders. I've had some amazing women leaders help me succeed here and I can only hope to be one of them someday. The CSAT program is a really awesome opportunity and would recommend whoever to try for it. You know, it's a rigorous interview process, but it's absolutely worth it. And if anybody has any questions about it, they can reach out to me. So once I finished the CSAP program, I got a field role here in Denver for SLUD customers, and that stands for state and local in education. So cities and counties and, and state governments, as well as universities and school districts are my customers. So that's just a really awesome and fulfilling place to be because I get to work in my community. So then I go out and meet with a county, for example, I get to talk to them about their initiatives related to elections or, you know, the police force and like all that kind of stuff, it is so fulfilling. Honestly, like right when I started, I got to slowly work my way into going out and seeing customers. When I first started, people were still kind of coming out of COVID and not doing that much in person. So I still had to do a lot of remote, but now I get to go see customers twice a week and I absolutely love it. When I get to go do that kind of thing, go see customers and talk to them, I feel like I am totally in the right position and passionate about what I do. But my first year and a half at Cisco, I was working from home, sitting in front of a computer. You know, COVID just, or the pandemic, made that happen for all of us. But now things are changing and I feel pretty fulfilled in my work. So my day-to-day -day is very different. Like, my week-to-week -week is very different. And I really like that because I get to make my own schedule and work with customers when it's best for them and when it's best for me. So honestly, about two to three days a week, I'm at home responding to emails, answering technical questions, setting up meetings, 
A lot of my job is connecting my customers to really smart people. Like I know a little bit about a lot of things, but my customers need people that know a lot about a certain technology. So I bring in a specialist to have a conversation with my customer. So I do a lot of setting up meetings and connecting people, coordinating things. I'm the main technical face for my customers and everything else kind of goes through me. So they come to me with a question or a problem and I either figure out the answer myself. I Google a lot of stuff. I use Cisco's internal resources. I use my knowledge from all my certifications to answer their questions or I ask my teammates or extended team or my friends from the CSAP program. You know, I have to use my magic to figure out the answers for my customers and get that to them. And that's on my kind of work from home days. And also a lot of video meetings. Not all my meetings are in person, so I do a bunch of meetings on WebEx from my office at home, which is nice. I enjoy the balance of doing that two to three, four days a week, and then one or two days a week getting out and seeing customers. Like just this morning, I was meeting with a school district up in Boulder and getting to talk to them about their environment, some of their challenges, and how we can set them up for success. You know, the beginning of the school year is kind of crazy for school districts. So it's fun to like get to really know about a certain type of customer, like what kind of challenges come up for school districts and help prepare them for those, you know, in the future. My ultimate goal would be to be a leader at Cisco, to be in management and helping engineers find their full potential like people have helped me do. That's kind of like a long-term goal. I know some really great leaders that if I could be them, that'd be super cool, but my own version of them. Eventual goal is leadership at Cisco, but I think to get there, I need to continue to develop my technical skills. And like I mentioned, I know a little bit about a lot of things. And in my role, I'm expected and enjoy to like specialize in an area, like get to know more about one specific technology. And I could see myself taking a role where my entire job is just to focus on one technology or one architecture, like data center, for example, or, you know, wireless, and do that for a while before going into management, just so I can really have the skills to help my team be successful. That's it for Olivia's story. But before we go, Olivia does have some advice for anyone who's getting started or thinking about getting started in the tech field. I would say my advice to somebody just getting started out in technology or somebody thinking about getting started out in technology is don't be afraid to try something that you don't see other people that look like you doing it. Like, I did not see a lot of other women doing what I do now, and I'm so glad that I do it, and now I can be that role model for other people. So sometimes you just have to be the first one to do it. Like, I also skateboard, and I hope that I can be a motivating factor for young girls to get into skateboarding, because honestly, when you don't see someone that looks like you doing something, you don't think you can do it. So just forget about all of that and go do it. If you'd like to hear more stories like Olivia's or other news and information about the Cisco certification world, please subscribe to the Cisco Learning Network podcast. And be sure to visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. There, you'll find all kinds of resources and study groups that can help you reach your certification goals. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.